You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hey guys, today's podcast is for two different types of people, I would say. One is uh, anybody that's looking for information on copywriting. I'm interviewing today Tara Bosler. She is a copywriter. She's an expert at helping women make more money in their business through copywriting. Like when you're launching a product or you're on your website and you want to make an impact, she helps women do that. And we do talk about that today. But also what we talk about is her personal journey through um, becoming who she really is and really living in alignment. And it's really inspiring. I've been watching it firsthand. It's, it's, been beautiful to see. Um, and I really want you to hear this story today, wherever you are in your life, if you're living out of alignment, you know, you are, we talk about that in the podcast and how you know, and how you can change your life just by really being who you truly are. So without further ado, I will have you listen to my interview with Tara. Guys, I am so excited today to... I say this every time I record a podcast. I'm so excited today, but I really am so excited because I have my friend Tara Bosler on the podcast today. Woo woo. Hi, Tara. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. I'm good. I'm so happy to see you. I missed you. We haven't talked in a few weeks. And uh, before we get started, because I think you're awesome, but nobody else knows who you are right now that's listening. So can you tell them who you are and what you do? Yes, I am Tara Bossler. I'm a copywriter and a creative copy coach and business strategist for women entrepreneurs that have online service-based businesses. Like myself. Like yourself. Yes. So Tara has helped me, um, not just with uh, sales copy, but she's also helped me quite a bit with my book that will be coming out this January. So we spent a lot of time together and she knows me probably more than most people do. <laughs> so don't tell them any of my deep, dark secrets. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think that that's awesome. Copywriting is one of those things that makes such a powerful statement, and most of us are really bad at it, except for you, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how it was. It's always been easy for me. Writing has always come easy to me. Copy came easy to me when I started my own business, um, and and so when I first started my business, um, I thought it was like a thing that people could do. <laughs> and right, I, right. as I started working with more and more clients, I was like, Oh, it's really a thing that not a lot of people can do. Like I, I actually, and it took me a long time, but I finally was like, I, I have a gift in this. Um, because it does, it just comes very, very easily to me. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's why I have you in my life and why I love <laughs> you so much. Um, so, um, tell us a little bit about like, when should people feel that they need to hop need to hire a copywriter? Like, you know, obviously it's not for just like the everyday social media posts, but like, when is a good time that somebody's like, okay, I'm having an issue with this. I need a copywriter. Yeah. So there's two different ways that I support people and there, which means there are two different timelines. Um, so when I do my coaching, certainly that's like fairly soon, like six months to a year in when you are like, you know, you're done having like all the different ideas and you like have the one idea and you like 
you know who you want to serve and you just know that you just need to get your messaging on point. Like it's in your heart and it's in your brain, but it's not on your website. Um, so that's a great time to have like a copy coach. Um, it's still probably not the best time to hire a copywriter. Um, hiring a copywriter is at like rebrand time when you're like leveling up and you're ready for your website to not just be functional, but be like mad converting. Mm. Um, when you're launching your signature program, when you are, you know, looking to become an industry influencer or an industry leader, you know, you're trying to get speaking engagements. You're trying to like look at five and six figure launches. Um, that's when to, to hire it out because if it's not your zone of genius, um, and you have to show up for, for your audience and for your, you know, launch and promotion, um, any t- any way that you can not put the time in is a great place to invest. Like I can't do your live videos for you. <laughs> you have to do that. Um, but to have somebody in your back pocket that does all the launch copy, first of all, saves you probably at least 40 hours of your life. Um, and, and makes it a, a cohesive on brand message that, um, is actually fairly difficult to do when it's you, especially through a launch, Mm. because there's so much emotional up and down that your energetic state really dictates how your, your writing comes through. Mm. Um, and I actually do a lot of work to make sure that I'm in an energetic state for my clients that is that will come through their copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that I do as part of my process that, you know, when it's much easier to do as a third party. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, okay, I'm going to channel the good vibes and the good energy for this project because I'm only so attached to it. Right. It's not part of my identity, right? Yeah. So there's, and there's a huge value in, you know, getting that off your, your to-do list, off of your energetic plate, off of Mm. all of those pieces. And there's things that you see that we don't see, like, you know, because we know, let's say you're doing a launch and you're like, well, I know the product so well, like it's so obvious, but to the outside person, it's not obvious. And you have a very good gift of being like, okay, here's the obvious. I'm going to present it to you in, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of times when we are um, so inside of our our business and our our knowledge base that we almost forget like what your audience needs and what they don't know yet. Like, I'm like I I find myself constantly asking clients like, do your does your audience are they aware of this yet? Like, do they know that they need this? Because if they don't know that they need this, they ain't buying it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I think that one of the biggest concerns that I've heard from people whenever I tell them, oh, hire a copywriter for that, they say, well, but I, w- I want it to sound like it comes from me. So how do you answer that question? I mean, I already know, but tell everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So I have a fairly extensive process um, that I take, take my clients through in terms of strategy. Um, I'm also something that um, I actually haven't marketed a lot, but I'm thinking about putting more into my marketing is that... Um, I'm an intuitive. And so just being on a call with somebody, I'm able to like tap into them and their passion and their purpose and ask them questions that 
I don't know where they come from, (laughs) but they're the exact questions I need to ask to get the information that I need to put it into words that their clients, that their audience needs. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a lot of, you know, figuring out what's in your heart and using that to create the words that are going to, you know, make your, make your copy I always say connect first and then convert. Um, And be so impactful because the truth is that people have such a short attention span these days. Like as it is, I already like skim. I read like every other word of everything that I pull up online, you know? So you want to make sure that it's really like hitting the, hitting where I always say like kind of hit it where it hurts too. You know, you have to make sure like people know why they need something and what it's going to do for them and what the outcome can be. And we forget writing that when we're writing on our own. Yes. Yeah. And there's, it's interesting because there's so much that we do, uh, we gloss over and like one of my, one of my friends, um, cause I, I think it's great when you have friends in different zones of genius and you can just kind of be like, Hey, can you check this out for me? Um, so one of my friends sent me their sales page for uh, a live event they were holding and I'm looking through it and I'm like, the date's not on here. <laughs> right. Like simple stuff. Simple right. Stuff. Like, because the date is like burned into their brain because that's the first thing that they had to, you know, create yeah. for the event. And they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, just, it's the littlest things that, um, they're crucial. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. No one's going to reach out and be like, Hey, what's the date? They're going to be like, where's the, when is this, this is confusing. You're just going to lose them. Yeah. And then they're going to disappear because life is busy. And, you know, I always, for, for my life personally, like if I don't act on something right now, like my daughter's going to ask me for a snack and that's it. Right. (laughs) I have a five-year-old growing child that like, if she's around, I, she needs a snack every five minutes. And so like you need to get my attention every five minutes because that's how often I'm getting a snack. <laughs> yeah, right. You and everybody. I mean, even even if you have nothing going on, there's so much, we're just inundated with media and information right now. And there's like, as we're sitting here and I'm recording this with you, I'm seeing emails come in and my watch is vibrating that somebody's texting me. Like it's just, you know, there's just so much happening all the time. So we really need to make things impactful. So... I love that you do that. And I love that you um, are helping women fulfilling their dreams and, you know, becoming who they really want to be. And, and I think it's really admirable of you. That's my favorite part. It's my absolute favorite part. I just got a, a Voxer message from one of my mastermind girls this morning that she said, I know that this mastermind is about copy, but it's been so much more. And she's like, I, ha- I haven't had this much clarity and growth in my business. And I've been in business for four years. Mm-hmm. and And that was just like, I love that. Like my heart so full and, you know, women making more money at something that they love is like, just lights me up that I guess to support women doing that. Yeah. I love that. I love that about you. I mean, I, we definitely connected from the minute we met. I'm like, I like you. (laughs) I like to be around you. And that's, you know, that's a, a great thing too. When you work with people that you really do enjoy being in their presence and, you know, you get me and I like that because then you can write like me and, you know, you also 
take that back and forth of, oh, I don't like this or I, don't, or I would never say that. That's like, you know, like I think at one point we were doing the book and, and <laughs> there was one line there said something like, well, hell. And I was like, yeah, I don't say hell. I say fuck. <laughs> like that's not, that's not going to work for me, you know, but I love it. And we, you know, we laugh about it and go, okay, great. Let's change it then, you know? Um, so I, I just love that. So one of the things I want to talk to you about today, if we can make like a complete different transition yeah. in conversation, because what you do is super important and everybody should check. Actually, tell everybody where they can find you for copywriting stuff before yeah, we move my, on, just in case. Yeah. My website is tbosslerwriting.com and my Facebook group is called Get Your Copy in Shape Girl 80 stuff. I love that. Awesome. I'm a member too. So I'll see you there if you join. So one of the things that um, I find so intriguing about you, Tara, is that you're, you've really changed your life over the past couple of years. And I want to talk about that. And, and I had asked you prior to starting to record if you would be comfortable talking about it, because I think that a lot of people will gain inspiration uh, you know, with your story and the, the the, I was going to say the choices you made, but I guess they are choices that you made. And um, lifestyle changes. So can we talk about that a little bit? I don't know. I don't know where you want to start. I don't know what the right question is to ask you, but maybe you can tell us a little bit of your story. Oh gosh. I don't know where to start. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, when you asked that question, I said, of course, because I'm an open book and that's, that's about 90% true. Like, I'm not going to tell you my social security number. Um, (laughs) But in terms of like my life and, and what that has looked like, um, I'm absolutely an open book because um, any struggle or transition or um, just tough times or any, any of that, like it, it has no value to me if I can't use it for something to help someone else. Like mm-hmm. suffering needs to have value for me. Like Mm -hmm. if I have gone through something hard and then I don't talk about it and help somebody else with it, then it was point, like I hurt for no reason. Right. (laughs) To me is like, that's, that's dumb. And I don't want to do that. Um, so yeah, any part of my story that is helpful, um, to somebody else is, um, I absolutely want to share that. Um, so I, what, what exactly do you want to (laughs) like my marriage? And yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. So I recently got married um, to my wonderful wife, Shelly. Um, and so my, um, I, it's interesting because my, I never talked about my sexuality um, publicly in my business life um, until I got married or got engaged, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and I have dated women mo- probably more than I have dated men, mm-hmm. um, since I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, I had my first girlfriend in college when I was 19 and we mm-hmm. dated until we graduated and we were too young to like figure out life, like which she was going over here and I was going over here and we're like, Oh, we don't know what to do. We're like babies. Let's just yeah. stop doing this. Um, so it wasn't anything dramatic. It was just like life. Um, and after that, um, my, my parents, bless their hearts. Um, my parents are those parents or those people who are like liberal mm. until it's their own. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, absolutely. Everyone should. Oh, wait, my kid. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> and, yeah. 
and it's, you know, it's a, it's a shift. And so they, you know, they try to be supportive. They don't really know how. Um, and was so it I, something that you had communicated with them when you were younger or was it more of a recent communication? No, it was, um, I mean, I told them when I started dating my first girlfriend mm. and my mom's response was, you're only doing that because you're hanging out with lesbians. <laughs> oh like, my gosh. I'm like, it's not like a hairstyle. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, and so, yeah, she just didn't know how to handle it. She didn't know, like, she was confused and didn't know what questions to ask. And so she asked nothing and just, you know, that's how it was. Yeah. Um, through that experience, uh, it was it was difficult. It was emotionally difficult um, with my family. And um, so you can't see me on this podcast, but, um, like, I don't look like a lesbian. <laughs> Whatever a lesbian looks like. Right. Many people are, like, surprised when they find out. Um, cause I like passes straight or whatever. Like I have long hair. <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> and it's weird. I'm like, it's 2018. Like, how is this still a thing? But okay. Yeah. Um, and so I figured, um, I passes straight. So when I was like 23, I figured I passes straight. Um, my family would prefer it. Um, maybe it would be easier. Wow. And so, yeah. And I've, I, I don't, I haven't talked about this a lot. And so this is one of the first times I've really, um, talked about it at all. And certainly the first time I've talked about it publicly. Um, and so I dated men for probably seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't awful. It wasn't like traumatic, but it wasn't fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, um, aligned with my soul, like mm-hmm. nothing about it was, it was just like, meh. it yeah. felt very meh. Um, and then I got pregnant mm-hmm. with my daughter. Um, and he left and was never a part of her life. And so I was a single mom. Um, but at that point, after having a child and especially for me, especially a daughter, um, it was like no more lying mm-hmm. <laughs> about who I am. No more ha- making life decisions based on what's easier for someone else. Mm-hmm. No more of that. Um, and so that's when that really shifted for me. I was 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I, um, I dated someone that I actually knew from high school and middle school and elementary school, actually, we met in like fourth grade. Mm. Um, and so she and I dated for about two years. Um, and that relationship ended because of addiction on her Mm. end. And Mm. so that was traumatic and really difficult to like come back into who I was Mm -hmm. and And, like, I felt like I had to like come out to my family again Mm. and it was supposed to like, you know, it was supposed to last, right? Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be good. And then it wasn't. And so it was like, ugh. um, cause my parents were not, you know, again, it was like, Oh, okay. Like I thought that was a phase in college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I kind of could let them think that. Yeah. And, um, so that was hard. Then I um, took a few years to um, start my business and 
uh, you know, transform that part of my life. And through starting a business, which I know you and many of your listeners know, uh, you find yourself in many, many ways. You, uh, you can't really like be in the entrepreneurial space without also ending up in the personal development space. Um, and it was interesting because I had no interest in dating at all. I was like, I'm going to work on my business. I'm going to work on myself. And then one day I was like, okay, I'm ready now. Mm. And put myself a match. And like a month later, uh, saw Shelly's picture, emailed her and went out. And then it was like, then we got married. <laughs> yeah. Bing, bang, boom. <laughs> yeah. We were like, and you're my person. We've known each other for lifetimes. Let's do this. So how did your family react to you're getting married? Because now that's not dating. That's like a whole other ball game. Yeah. Um, they weren't, they weren't, uh, they, weren't s- they weren't enthusiastically supportive. Mm-hmm. They were, uh, lukewarm supportive. Okay. Um, which was hard. Yeah. It was, you know, it was like, honestly, you know, going up to the wedding, leading up to the wedding, I was like, there's so much about this that I just want it to be over. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want it to, and that sucks, right? Like, that's not how you should feel about your wedding. Yeah, yeah. And it's not how I felt about my wedding. It's how I felt about my family being at the wedding yes. that they, I, I felt very strongly that they were coming because they felt obligated, mm-hmm. not because they were excited. Yeah. Um, which also is not how you want to feel going into, you know, of course. marriage. Um, so, you know, they, they were there and that's kind of the end of that sentence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do you feel, let's go backwards for a minute and then I'll come back to the family thing, I think, but let's go backwards for a minute. Do you feel that over, let's say the last year or so, like coming into your own um, and really being more public about, being a lesbian and owning it and and being who you are has helped you in areas of your life, but also your business. Like, has it, do you feel stronger? Like for me, and I'm not comparing the two at all, but for me, I feel like cancer did that for me a little bit, right? Like I have to become more of who I am because um, of what I'm struggling with and what I was going through and, and, you know, having a mastectomy and I'm going, how am I going to be a woman without breasts? And I, now I need to really understand my femininity and work through all of that. So it has changed my business and my life and my perception of myself. And I do feel very much like I'm a bigger person than I was before. Does any of that resonate with you as far as going through this journey? It's interesting because I, I've, I've learned about humanity in a way that I was not expecting. Mm. Um, through this journey of entrepreneurship, um, I have learned what true love and authentic friendship looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, in so much that, like, I have friends, like I have Trump supporter friends that I love and adore. That, like, two years ago, I never. I never would have thought I could love them the way I do. And I never would have thought that they could love me the way they do. Mm-hmm. And I think more so than like be coming out. Um, I think just being so authentic to myself and true to my soul um, is really what has resonated with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that like so many people, like when we announce our engagement, 
were like over the moon excited. And I, and I don't think it's because she's a woman. Like, I think they know me and they know what my life has looked like in the past Mm -hmm. couple of years. You know, I started my business because I lost my job right after breaking up a toxic relationship and becoming Mm -hmm. a single mom again. (laughs) Like, and people know that part of my story. And so knowing that part of my story and being open about that part of my story, they were so ecstatic to hear this part of my story. Yeah. And I don't think it mattered, you know, to anyone who I was marrying. No, they're happy that you're happy. Right. And and I think my genuine happiness is what resonated with people and that it was like, oh my gosh, two years ago, she was in this really tough struggle spot. And now she has this thriving business and she's found the love of her life and she's getting married and that's amazing. Um, and so just the, the fact that I've always been open and authentic about my story and where I'm at, um, has allowed for that genuine connection because I don't think you can't have that without really sharing and really mm. and being vulnerable because I mean, faking it till you make it involves a lot of faking. Yeah. And that that faking it is really um, not, like you said, it's not serving to your soul. It really can destroy you. I mean, the years that you were dating men, Mm -hmm. did you find that? Did you find that you struggled with other things because this wasn't really in alignment? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I struggled. I mean, and this might not sound, it might sound, I struggled financially. Mm -hmm. I struggled um, with um, health, mental health, physical health. Um, I, I struggled with, um, I struggled with a lot of things. I struggled with sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and it's all related. Of course it is. Yeah. We're so good at ignoring our physical ailments as actually just trouble in our lives. It's manifesting itself that way. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And I didn't really, you know, I didn't in my soul, I knew things were out of alignment and my behaviors were out of alignment. And, um, like I never had a drinking problem, but like, I would, I would go out and drink more than I wanted to, Mm. you know? And and it was, and now I don't drink at all because I don't like it. I've never liked it. But there were times when during that period of my life where it was like, I was going out like, and I was also, you know, in my twenties and that's, I guess, part of, I don't know. Um, but I certainly was doing, you know, things that I didn't, I didn't like even in the moment, mm. like, I don't want to be doing this. And now I'm drinking this cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a really, really tough way to live. And that's, that's really why I wanted to have this conversation with you. Cause I think that there's so many people living out of alignment and it may be about sexuality. It may be about something different completely, but it's all the same shit, right? Like it's all the same stuff and, and how, like I know for me, whenever I do something that I get really nervous about, but I'm like, well, this is really what I'm passionate about. I'm going to put it out there and people might hate it. But every time I do something, that's really, truly like me and it helps me grow exponentially. People react to it in a good way all the time. And if they don't, that's on them, you know, not on me. So uh, I just think even in the... Um, we've known each other almost a year, even to see the change in you over the last year has just been so amazing to watch and you know you coming into your own and and finding love and it's just a really beautiful thing to watch and I just appreciate you so much sharing that story and I hope it inspires anybody out there that's living out of alignment 
you know, to, to know that, yeah, when you, when you start living in alignment, it's scary because you're afraid of rejection. But the truth of the matter is that living out of alignment is just, it's just not worth it. Right. I mean, even from your family and that's sort of getting back to the family piece of it. I mean, listen, Tara, there's a million things I do that my mom doesn't like, I'm sure. Maybe she's even listening now and going, Hey, I don't like that you're talking about me, but you know, there's, (laughs) there's a lot of things that I've, you know, as, as children of parents, we always want to please our parents, but the truth is at some point we have to say, you know what, I'm a grown up, and this is what makes me happy. And you know, that's a decision that they have to make whether or not, you know, that's not on you. Right. And there's, you know, thinking about that rejection piece, either way, you're experiencing rejection. And I think it's a whole lot worse when you're experiencing it from yourself. Yeah. Good point. You don't, you don't get to go away from that. (laughs) Like you go to sleep with it, you wake up with it. Mm. And at least when there's external people, you can limit your time with them or cut them out of your life or you know you can you can do something about that when you choose to reject yourself you don't get to walk away from that mm. and then you walk in that for as long as you choose to um and how could, how could that not affect you as a business owner, as a mom, as a wife, as a whatever you are? Like how could that not affect you when you really think about it? Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of times when I have this conversation, people will be like, Well, how do you know if you're out of alignment? You know. Oh yeah, you know. Listen to your gut. You know. And you know, you might not want to know whatever that statement is, but you know it. Yeah. And it's just about listening to it. Yeah. Do you have any advice for anybody that is going through something similar, whether it be that they want to come out or that they're going through something else, you know, single parenting or any, any sort of advice um, that you can give somebody that's going through a struggle similar right now? I think, um, you know, I, I'm a big meditator and, you know, getting quiet with yourself is really important because then, then you get to listen to your truth. You really get to listen to your truth. And then once you're able to listen to it inwardly, it's much easier to say outwardly. And then, so I think the next part of that process is saying it outwardly to someone that you know, love and trust mm-hmm. um, without um, expectation. Mm, yeah. <laughs> because it, you can't be like, well, I'm going to tell somebody that I know is going to accept it because you never know yeah. going to accept it. Like I, I, and here's the thing. I, the, those friends that are Trump supporters, right? Like I could have come out and told them first and they would have loved on me more than my family. Right. I had no way of like knowing that. And so, you know, again, trust your intuition in terms of like who to, who to reach out to and who to talk to. Um, I had a similar experience with that kind of on the other side of things. There's somebody, um, in one of the communities that I'm active in that, um, I just felt called to connect with. And I had no idea why, but I just listened to it. Um, and it turns out that she is, um, a trans woman who, um, really needed some support around coming out as trans also coming out. She's married. Um, and she was, she got married before her transition. And so not only transitioning from man to woman, but from straight to lesbian. Mm-hmm. Right. And so coming out in a couple different ways, also kind of putting her partner in a position that 
she now is coming out mm-hmm. and didn't expect to come out mm-hmm. that way. Um, and I, I knew nothing mm-hmm. about any of that, but I felt called to connect with her. Um, and that has turned into a really lovely friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have that turned on, when you have that like intuitiveness part of you open, mm-hmm. um, you'll find those people. You'll find the people that you need to connect with. You'll find the people that need to connect with you. Um, When you are open to that, um, it will happen. Your vibe attracts your tribe. I always say it. Every time. So true. Do you feel... I always say like it's an exciting time to be a woman right now because I do feel like we're going through like a second woman's revolution or maybe a third. I don't know what we're up to now. We're still working on trying to revolutionize the world. Do you feel it's the same way in the LGB... What am I going to say? LGB... TQ? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I want to make sure I get that right. Do you feel it's the same in, in that community that people are becoming more accepting and um, understanding a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that I have a fairly non-traditional view on gender and sexuality. Um, I don't think that any of them really exist. Mm. Um, but we have categories and we feel the need to put people into them. And so mm-hmm. And so we've created these things that quote unquote exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, I, I see a lot of like, oh, there's so many more gay people now, or there's so many more trans people now or whatever. And it's like, n- not really, there's mm-hmm. not more there, there, that we just have a space now mm-hmm. to be ourselves, right. Um, to live authentically. Um, and it's not always safe, but mm-hmm. it's, it's safer than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, and so there's certainly, you know, a kind of a revolution happening um, for me. And I don't think I'm going to get to, I don't know, maybe I'll get to see it in my lifetime. But I think eventually we're going to get to a place where it's like, it, like you don't, it doesn't, like trans doesn't have to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like I think trans, the the concept of being trans partly comes from our very rigid gender roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so men can't express femininity because they're a man mm-hmm. physically. And so I, I'd love to see, like, all of this stuff is fluid. Yeah. And I'd love to see a space where we can just express that fluidity instead of having to like fit into these yeah, check the box these <laughs> yeah. boxes um I think we're in in transition to that I think that we have more boxes to check mm. now which is um part of the process yeah yeah I think that that's great and I think that you are um an amazing role model for your daughter just even in the way that you talk to her and, and the way that you love her and I think it also goes to show that you know you can break cycles also and and you know not and I, and certainly no disrespect but you know to love and, and accept your child the way you want to be loved and accepted by your parents I think is a really beautiful gift that that she will benefit from yeah there's so much intentional parenting that happens. I'll say 90% of the time. Right. <laughs> the other 10% is like, here's some fruit snacks and Netflix, please. Right. <laughs> Thank um, you for saying that. Otherwise I would feel really bad about myself. <laughs> there are, and coming up in August when I am, you know, home with her full time, there's, there's going to be a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, but there's very intentional, you know, very intentional conversations that happen 
um, very intentional, um, honoring of who she is. Um, because I feel very strongly that we, we have all the answers in our soul from birth and then we unlearn them and then we have to relearn them. Mm. And I see her truth already and I'm doing everything I can so that she doesn't have to go through that unlearning relearning process because that takes like 30 to 40 years of hard emotional work. Um, and so I'm doing my best to honor, honor that truth, um, without going crazy. Yeah. A lot of her truth, uh, is very strong wills and, and spirited and, um, very rigidly defined in her own terms, which I think is fantastic for later. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. I hear you. (laughs) It's a balance of like honoring that and not, going insane. Yeah. How do you, um, speaking of her, how do you talk to her about, you know, does she ask ever, you know, why her family maybe isn't more traditional? Um, and, and how do you address that with her? Um, she, she asks about, she has started asking about her dad recently. Um, because they, uh, I mean, they've always had father's day stuff. My dad always goes, um, so she always has pop pop day and she loves that. Like she gets all dressed up and it's adorable. Um, and so it's not that she doesn't want him there. She absolutely wants him there, but she has, she'll, she'll question, um, and all, and I don't have a relationship with my biological father anymore. And so mm-hmm. she knows that my dad is my stepdad. So I, I have a dad that helped make me and I have a dad that, you know, is my dad, um, on a daily basis. And so I kind of talked to her about it that way that, yeah, you have a dad, you had, you have a dad that helped make you. Um, and she'll ask questions about him. You know, she just last night was like, what color, what color is his hair? What color is eyes? And I tell her and she's like, Oh, okay. Like, and, and I, she, she also has made up this story that he lives far away. Mm. Um, and I said, and I, at one point said he, he does, I don't know exactly where he is right now, but he doesn't live that far away. And if you wanted to meet him, I'm sure we could work that out. Mm. Um, and she was like, oh. And like, yeah. that's it. Like, and, and she knows that. I, I, I think that she knows that that's an open door policy. Yeah. Um, but she just asks very kind of yeah. surface level questions. Um, she has never been like, why does, why isn't he here? Why doesn't he love me? Or like none of that. She's just like, it's just always been me and her. She's clearly surrounded by love. I mean, there's not a lack of love in her life. So (laughs) there is like an abundance of love and support in her life. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really interesting. And I, I, I'm really taking her lead, you know, following Mm -hmm. her lead on this that, you know, I'm not going to project, you know, anything that I feel about my own biological father or how I feel about her father that has made choices that he has made. Um, I'm allowing her to have her own experience and, and walk her own journey and let her know that I'm here. Um, and you know what she needs, I will make sure she has. Um, and if that includes, you know, wanting to, to know him more, absolutely. I can try to facilitate that. I don't know exactly how that would go. Um, but that I'm here, you know, to walk beside her on that journey, yeah. not to walk in front of her, 
Yeah. Because that it's her journey, you know? And I, I think that, um, if I, you know, manipulate too much of it, then, it, then I'm projecting, right. And I'm not giving her the space to have her journey with it. Yeah. So. I think that's amazing. I think you're such an amazing mom, such an amazing woman and such an inspiration. And I'm just so glad that you felt comfortable enough to share all of that with us today, because it's just really very powerful. And uh, I know without a doubt, you're going to help multiple people out there. So thank you. Thank you for giving me the space too. I really, I appreciate all that you're doing. And I'm, I'm honored to have the, have the big parts of, uh, the pieces I do have of your journey. Uh, but I would be even happy with tiny parts. So well, our, our friendship, even though we don't talk once a week anymore, our friendship is certainly not over by any means. Our, our relationship will definitely grow over the years. And I could, if I can support you in any way, I am always here. Thank you so much. Tara, before we go, I know you mentioned it before, but just tell everybody again where they can find you and how they can connect with you. Yeah. So my website is tbosslerwriting.com. And my Facebook group is Get Your Copy in Shape Girl. Um, we can just find me, you know, on Facebook with my name. <laughs> <laughs> just like everybody else, right? <laughs> Regular Facebook person. <laughs> Thank you, Tara. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.